Look, over there, on the pitch. It's a bird. No, it's a plane. It's, it's Zuberman. Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media, at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on Twitter. Crazy Ike Fan on Facebook. Hope everyone's doing well. It's been a little while since I've recorded a podcast. Today, uh, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to go through this week's results of uh, Ike football. Volos Ike, Ike Aris, this past Sunday. And lastly, covering the second leg semifinal, Olympiacos Ike, from yesterday. So let's get started, shall we? Um, I'm just going to give a basic synopsis of all three of these matches, mostly talk about the Olympiacos Ike match, because honestly, both Ike Aris and Volos Ike, I don't know, sorry, got tongue twisted there, and Volos Ike was only able to catch mostly the second half of these matches, so anyway, let's get started. Ike picked up the win last week, last Wednesday in Volos, 1-0 thanks to a ninth-minute goal by Orbelin Pineda. A beautiful strike after the assist by Levy Garcia. Um, basic few facts on this match. Lots of Ike fans nearly, depending on who, who you uh, who you listen to, and there was anywhere from 7,000 to 10,000 fans, which was uh, quite a good showing for a Wednesday night fixture, uh, weekday fixture, um, away match. Lots of fans there. Very nice atmosphere. I watched most of this match. Um, I think I missed the first few minutes. I uh, was able to catch the goal. Trying to think back on memory. I didn't do a very good job because honestly, I didn't think I was going to take this big of a break between podcasts. I thought maybe I was going to do a podcast that night after the Volos match. Uh, turns out one thing after the other. Busy week here. Just, you know, I don't want to make up excuses, but... Um, that's why I apologize in any of these matches if I miss any, any details, uh, not going to go through them with a lot of detail, but like I said, just the basic synopsis. So first and foremost, uh, Pineda goal was very beautiful. Like I said, very nice strike at the ball. I, in this match, basically to sum it up in a few words, I just did what they needed to do. It wasn't pretty football. But it's one of these matches, as I've talked about before on the podcast, where the result is what matters. We just needed to get all three points. They were never really threatened. There was a couple of chances that Volos had that uh, Anastasiades made uh, just some um, some training goalkeeping, um, basically. But never really threatened in this match. Can't really remember what stood out. Um like I said, not the prettiest football I've seen by Ike, but it seemed like Volos came in with an attitude of we're going to try to do the best we can to get a result out of this match, but let's not get embarrassed. They really didn't move their lines up that much. Like I said, never really felt like a threat. But again, uh, obviously it's always a little nerve-wracking especially when you're in a title hunt like we are this year. Matches like this, uh, you know, Ike missed chances to put the match away. 
And of course, as long as it lingers on to just be one nil or a one goal difference, anything can happen. It was very important that we were able to get this victory, both because Volos were able to take points away from Panathinaikos. And that's basically the just of this match for the most part. Uh, I just went in there, did what, we, what they needed to do, picked up three points, and uh, like I said, not entertaining football again. I don't want to keep repeating myself, but just this was just a result. Now, I know a lot of fans after this match, a lot of complaining, a lot of rumbling. It seems to me, I was just before I came on air, was listening to um, uh, a, a Greek radio show. Um, and it's so fascinating how Ike fans, but I think in general, this comes with being a football fan or being a fan of sports. This is a generalization. But I think sometimes Ike fans take it to an extreme where we always find something to complain about. This team could be, you know, lights out playing like freaking, I don't know, insert whatever team, foreign team you like, playing like Barcelona, playing like Real, playing like uh, Liverpool, whatever, Manchester United, for God's sakes, um, Arsenal, just playing like a top-heavy team, and they uh, fans would still find something to complain about. I think all football fans, like I said, all sports fans have that tendency, but I think Ike fans kind of take it to the next level. So after this match, you heard fans like this. This wasn't pretty enough. What's going on? Does Ike look uh, deforme? Do they look out of uh, out of shape? Out of losing their form? Blah blah blah. What have you? Um, you know, I. But I think this is the mentality that a champion has to have. That even if it's not the prettiest football, results are what matters right now. Keep getting three points. Keep grinding. Keep getting three points. And I said that, I think, before this match, that it doesn't matter how it looks. I just need to get a result. Let's move on here. Let's go to Ike Adis, where, uh, well, it began with um, some very interesting news of the whole. And I'm not going to get too much into it. And I'm sure anyone that follows Greek football, or if you don't follow Greek football, there was a referee scandal. Surprise, surprise. The, you know, the soap opera that is Greek football just continues. Apparently, and the full story still not clear because you kept getting all kinds of different reports. There was foreign refs coming from Poland to officiate this match, and they got very intoxicated at the airport and either at the Athens airport or during the flight, got into it with a couple of uh, Polish-speaking Greek fans. And now there's even reports that a video has surfaced where they're just being very belligerent, uh, very rude towards some people, the Polish referees, and supposedly, like, they threatened the Greek fans and they, they said some, they mentioned Marinaki's name or something. Um, I don't know. I just know that... I just really wish this would stop. I really wish Apple and all presidents of all Greek clubs would get serious so we can finally build Greek football to where I believe it can be and the heights that it could be taken instead of being this laughing stock in world football. Because the whole world is laughing at us. The whole world was laughing at us with 
the whole Savili's incident in Thessaloniki and the whole world is laughing at us now with all these reports of, you know, tape measure gate and now with the Polish referees. And of course, no matter who you believe, whether it's Ike or all the teams that are against us, for some reason, this seems to come back on Ike. For some reason, this is all Milisanidi, Milisanidi, pl Milisanidi plotted all this, which is freaking ridiculous. So Milisanidi got these two Polish refs to get drunk, who were appointed by Mr. Bennett um, to come and be belligerently drunk. So this caused uh, Mr. Bennett, the head referee that uh, oversees Greek football right now, to ask Ike and Adis, and Ike and Adis were both asked, I don't know why Adis all of a sudden now is complaining and threatening to go to, to carry this all the way to UEFA and FIFA, um, if they could, the referee could be replaced and the game could be played with a Greek referee. The referee was replaced, both teams said yes. Anyway, like I said, I don't want to get too much into this, but I don't understand how fans of different clubs, I understand because I tend to look at things through yellow and black lenses a lot. Some of my posts do, <laughs> if you guys follow me on social media. But I don't understand how fans can think this is all Milisanidi is doing and this is Ike trying to build what Kokali used to have back in the day and new Paranga and new blah, 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 blah. Because it's just ridiculous. I mean, yes, do you think an Ike official went into Pristeri and, and made the goalposts lower and Ike are just supposed to play with lower goalposts? Like, I get how that can sound ridiculous to an outsider, but, I mean, I'm sorry. I think each fan, respectfully, for any club that he that he supports, would say, no, that's not accurate. That's not supposed to happen. Or are we supposed to get two belligerent, drunk referees? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, everyone started talking about their professionalism, this and that. I'm not saying you can't go out and drink and have a good time. I remember in my 20s, I used to be able to go out, have a good time with my buddies at night after work, you know, working a very physically demanding job and be able to function the next day on three, four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep sometimes and be perfectly fine. Now, by the end of the night, I wouldn't love myself, you know, <laughs> going to work a 12 hour shift in a hot restaurant after having a night out on the town. But it is, I mean, it's it's doable. I'm not saying that I'm judging these people on what they were doing, but clearly there was something that went terribly wrong here. Again, I'm gonna just leave it at that. I'll talk about it again when it needs to be talked about, when there are more measures need to be taken or more stuff becomes a little more clearer. Because honestly, I just haven't had time to really pay attention to it in the Greek media. Um, so let's get to the football on the pitch. First few minutes, Ike really pressed. They really should have opened the scoring without Aujo missed a couple of great chances to open the scoring. Adi's played very well during the entire match. Adi's, I have to say, matched Ike pound for pound. They played very well. Especially Cuesta, their goalkeeper, was... Phenomenal. I mean, he even later on in the match when Ike had plenty of opportunities to kind of put this game away and, and take retake the lead, um, he had some phenomenal saves. Like I said, Adi played very well. Um, Ike, even though they played well in the first few minutes, they kind of 
let Adis have a little bit of possession in the middle of the first half. And then, uh, you know, they, they regained possessions, were able to win a penalty right before halftime. It was around the 36th minute. Levy Garcia put it away. But then just had this defensive lapse where it, it was, I mean, the ball should have been cleared. Um, Adis had a great opportunity, a great shot on goal that hit the post. It, uh, an Adis player actually was able to get the rebound and put the ball away. And they were able to tie it 1-1. This caused Ike in the beginning of the second half to, again, press and miss a couple of great opportunities in the beginning of the second half. But as time went on, and I mean early in the second half, when there was still like a lot of game left to play, like around the 60th minute, you could tell the pressure was starting to get to the players a little bit. Uh, very nervous play throughout the pitch. Um, and I, I honestly could have even been worse if, Adi scored a goal that was called for offsides, clear offsides. Uh, there's no debate there. Um, but if that player had been just a little bit more on sides, if that goal goes in the back of the net, I think we would have seen a complete turnaround in this match. And it, it was kind of nerve-wracking. I mean, it was still 1-1 to the 80th minute. And then Almeida, I think around the 75th, had made a bunch of changes. And Mandalos, Zuber, obviously, I remember coming in. They came into the match and they kind of changed the match around. And this is something that Ike has used to her advantage the entire season. And you're really starting to see this bear fruit as we get deeper and deeper into these playoffs. Because besides Ike and maybe Olympiacos, but especially Ike have the ability to do this. Where we can go in and, and towards the end of a match, regardless on what the, uh, the, out, the outcome is at that time we can make a lot of changes where we can make a huge difference up front for Ike, uh, especially when you have tired defenders. If I have been pressing the, the most of the match and to bring in freshness, Mandalos, of course, I've talked about this before. I feel like has, you know, he might not have that intensity, that energy to keep up. I feel like to play for an entire match in this Almeida pressing style of football that Almeida likes to play but he does have the ability that he is a very creative midfielder and can create, can get you a nice pass, uh, just a quality to come off the bench. And Zuber, I mean, what can we say about Zuberman? You know, he missed that one opportunity where, I mean, it was just a great save by Cuesta. That goal was going in. I saw it brilliant pass by Pineda. Pineda was outside of the box and he lifted his leg up as if he was going to shoot where that kind of forced Adi's defense to shift towards him and Adi's players trying to block the shot. And then at the very last second, he was able to give a nice pass in the box, leaving Zuber wide open in the box. He was trying to put it in the top far corner as Iker attacking from left to right. He was trying to put it in the, in the top far corner of Cuesta and Cuesta was able to get his fingertips on it. Just a brilliant save because I stood up and I started celebrating thinking that we were going to score there. And when that didn't go in, you thought you were just going to get punished by football where it's one of those games where that ball just doesn't want to go in the back of the net again. But a few minutes later, I think it was the 83rd, 83rd, 84th minute, Zuber with a brilliant, brilliant rocket he just knew in his mind that it was going to take something very special to beat Cuesta 
on this night, and boy, was it ever special. He was outside of the box. He he turned out, had two, I think two or three Audi's defenders in front of him, and was able to find this small clearing, this small opportunity to take a shot and just put it where beyond Cuesta's reach. I mean, the goal, if you haven't seen it, uh, I think I actually uh, retweeted someone that had posted it. So look on my Twitter account for this just fantastic, fantastic goal by Zuber. And then, of course, <clears throat> finishing out this match, uh, Bineta looked like he celebrated a little too early. Uh, wasn't able to put an opportunity away that really should have been put away. And, and then again, I thought, oh my gosh, Adis are going to come down. Iker left wide open now. And they're going to punish us for this, not putting that opportunity away. I think that was just a fluky play. Uh, not to say that it was overconfident. I think Pineda just thought he had put it away. And then the post just robbed him of a goal, basically. Um, and then a few minutes later, closing minutes of the game, uh, Zuber was able to put another opportunity away, which good for him. That builds confidence. Uh, there was a... For me, it was a controversial call, and I don't think it would have been called a penalty. The penalty that was originally called for Ike in a handball, when a handball was committed by Nadi's defender in, inside the box, I even think even if they called it back for an offensive foul that had happened right before that play took place on the Rota, which I felt like that was a very harsh call because... We then in the cup match yesterday saw almost the exact same play with Olympiacos where something similar was not called back, uh, where Olympiacos ended up scoring and that wasn't called back. So I'm like, how can you? Anyway, that's a different story. Uh, I still think it wouldn't have been a penalty, even if they weren't looking at that um, foul specifically, because I, it didn't hit. It looked like initially it like it hit the top of his uh of his like bicep as the defender was sliding down, but when you look at the replay, I clearly think it hit his back. So I think it would have been called back either way, um, where I could have easily put the game away a lot earlier. But a very gutsy performance, especially by a Nike team that was nervous. Um, I have to say, in this match, especially in in. Uh, the game I'm getting ready to talk about, the Olympiacos match, Rota didn't look like his best. Uh, so it makes you wonder, has Rota looked good because, and maybe that's why, Almeida has been pairing him up with Amrabat because the last few games that he's played with Eliason and he's played with Pablo Garcia, I mean, not Pablo Garcia, I'm sorry, Pablo Fernandez, he hasn't. He just hasn't looked very good. He hasn't. Look, I don't know if he's out of form. If he's getting tired. Of course, it sucks. And we really have to keep our fingers crossed that none, no more of our backs get injured. Um, on that note, Mohammadi was injured yesterday in the Libacos match. Had to come off early. We don't know. I don't know the extent of his injury. I have not really been able to listen to reports lately. Hopefully, it's not anything serious. I mean, this guy has tried really, really hard to get back into form to play. So we're basically down to Khadzi Safi and Rota at, for both back positions right now. I mean, I know that if need be, knock on wood, fingers crossed, if one of those two players were to go down, I know Zuber and Bineda have played 
uh, backs have played as backs before, so they could help out in a, in a time of need. But would you really want those players to play in a position they haven't played in in a while, especially in a game like in a week coming up where we're going to play three straight, actually make it four straight derbies? Um, and I'll talk about that later. So, but basically the reason why I brought this up was just to say, you know, Rota, and kind of to give Almeida a little bit of pass, and we have to give this guy a pass because he sees the team in training every week. He doesn't just put, he's a very smart football manager. He just doesn't put players out there that are not going to perform, or if he feels like he's going to play whoever is going to perform well. So whether it's Elias or Amrabat, but as I said, I think that, you know, what, where's the difference there? Did Amrabat help Rota look good? Is Rota out of form? Is that the problem? Is it the fact that both Ilyason and Rota are out of form? Like Ilyason obviously still dealing with coming back from an injury. He doesn't look like the same player he was uh, before his injury and before the World Cup break. So, you know, I don't know. Um, it is a little concerning. Defensively, I think Rota was was okay. I know he kind of it was kind of his mistake on that uh, first goal yesterday, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, just a great win for Ike. Just uh, you know, it was a game where as the game went on more and more, I was fearing that this is where we were going to drop points, and um, we really needed to win. So, very well done to be able to beat Volos and Aris. So you were able to take advantage of where your opponents dropped points, your co-contenders, and uh, Ike were able to get the full points here. And in, in a week where we didn't know what was going on, you know, you guys think about it, if we go back to last Sunday, where this week began with having to play Balkan Salniki, having to go to Volos, and having to come home and play Aris, you know, it's amazing coming off of those two disappointing results before that, how Ike were able to pick up the full nine points. But let's move on here. Let's move on to the game yesterday. Ike lose 2-1 to one in Kadeskaki against Libyakos, but aggregate, they win 2-4 uh, to four and advance the Greek Cup final, which is a great achievement. Um, first and foremost, I know that a lot of fans, and I've heard a lot over the past few hours, especially like in the past hour where I've listened to the radio a little bit and uh, some old programs from yesterday, right after the match where fans were a little disappointed that we weren't getting, able to get the win. And I kind of get that. I, I feel the same way. I think really thinking about this before I came on the podcast um, or came to record the podcast, you know, there haven't been very many ga games even games that I have lost where we've been outplayed. I mean, you look at all the bad losses I have had. Dumba 2-0 to Pauk. Uh, you can honestly argue that Ike outplayed him in that game. Statistically, on the pitch, some bad calls. Um, so then you look at the Ike loss, the first Ike loss in the Philadelphia against Olympiacos. It was 10 minutes of a defensive lapse that cost us that match for 80 minutes of the match Ike were better and dare I say it again if Mukudi puts that header away I think Ike at least I can't prove it obviously because we you know if ifs and buts were candy and nuts you guys know how the saying goes we'd all have a Merry Christmas 
but, um, you know, if Mukudi puts that chance away, dare I say it, I think I could at least come away with a point in that match. You know, uh, we outplayed him in that match. Uh, the first game against Panathinaikos and Lofotos, I... I, I think it was a close 50-50. And that was when Nike was a newly formed team. You know, you have to remember that was at the, I think, the fourth match of the season. Um, very beginning of the, of the season and very beginning of, of Almeida's building this team. Um, so they haven't been outplayed. And, it, and it's frustrating. And I get it. And then Derby, anytime we play one of the, our rivals... We want the win, especially as bad as we've hurt the past few years. And even, I think, the last time we got a win in Karaiskaki, if you really think about it, uh, whether it's in the cup or in the, or in the league, I think the last time, if memory serves me correctly, I could be wrong, was Tulukumaki uh, to Yakumaki in uh, the championship year. Um, that thrilling comeback where I came back in the last 10 minutes after going a goal down and scored two goals and Yakumaki scored basically in the last minute of the match. Um, so I, and, and I totally get that. And so there was a lot of like grumbling on this. There was a lot of, you know, I know that Garcia, Levy Garcia missed a lot of good chances in this match. Look guys, he's coming off an injury. You have to understand as an athlete and especially in football, it's hard when they're coming back from injury. He needs to find his game form. Uh, and I know it's frustrating, but listen, even great players, players that are greater than, than Levy Garcia miss great opportunities. We've seen it. I mean, if you're a football fan, I know that it's frustrating. And I know that I might be singing a different tune. Had, you know, the next, our next match is, uh, is a league match against Olympiacos, a very, very big match he might miss a few opportunities in that match and I might be singing a different tune and I, I get it. But just like someone said in the radio, just briefly before I started recording, because someone had asked, you know, does Ike have a Nistoridi or Nicolaidi or Papanoano on this team? And that is no, but those players don't come around but once every couple of generations. And Ike were even lucky. In in the case of Nicolaides, they were lucky that he was such a big Ike fan. He had freaking uh, offers to go play anywhere else. He had he could have made triple the money going to play for our rivals in Olympiacos. He could have made money to go play abroad, but he was such a sick Ike Z. No matter what your feelings are about Demi Nicolaides, and I have my own personal feelings where and I'm kind of 50-50 on him. I, I like him. I like everything he did as a, as a player for Ike. Not really a, a huge fan of his as far as what he was trying to do when he had the team. But that's a different story. Not going to get into that right now. It's very hard to get those types of players. To, um, you know, you're not going to come across those those players. And like I said, they're going to miss chances in matches. And, that, and that's just part of football, man. That's just part of football. That's the part of the, the beauty of the game, right? I've said this before where... You could have chance after chance after chance. And yes, if you're on the opposing side of this, if you're on the receiving side of this, when you create, you know, 20 chances with 10 shots on goal and your opponent comes down and scores one goal and leaves with the with the points or leaves with a victory, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But that's football, man. Sometimes the ball just doesn't want to go in. But I have so many great talented players and they can score from a lot of different ways 
on this on this club because I remember back in the day sometimes when it was just Nicolaidi that was your score that was all you had um you know so I think um I'm trying to cut Levy Garcia some slack because I know he's heard it a lot from a certain group of fans that feel that way, that feel that Ike deserved to have a better center forward, a better finisher. You know, yes, we were saying this at the beginning of the season, but again, he was getting used to that role. We saw in the middle of the season where he started to put away opportunities. I mean, he's the second goal scorer in the league. Um, I think he'll slowly get back to that form. It's just going to take a couple of games, which I know is hard to say right now because we're winding down. We're coming to the end of the season, and um, it's crunch time, and we're in a title race. So every miss by any Ike player is huge right now at this point. But um, I just wanted to address that first. I already addressed the Muhammadi injury, which kind of sucks for him. Uh, I would say that I agree with the certain group of Ike fans that were calling radio shows yesterday and saying, you know, how this match was kind of stressing them out. It was because we've seen us have bad uh, moments against Olympiacos. We've seen us have, um, you know, bad moments in Karaskaki. So, of course, it would have been more comforting if Ike had taken the lead and really just deflated Olympiacos because Olympiacos played hard. They came in to the match, and rightfully so, and we were expecting it, where they were going to press to to score first and you were like okay they got their first goal at the close to the half hour mark so you thought to yourself okay game on like if they can get another one before halftime and you could see that's what they were thinking um but Ike came in in the second half and kind of um leveled things out played really well in the the beginning of the second half and really should have taken the lead um a lot earlier than they did and uh Finally, they were able to take the lead with uh, Levy Garcia was going to take a shot on target or take a shot on goal, and it deflected off of uh, Bob, who was the unlucky red there, and the deflection went into the back of the net. And I feel like that deflated Olympiacos. That, after that, to go down again by three goals, uh, you could really tell it in the Olympiacos players that they were kind of done. And I think I kind of let off the gas a little bit and kind of uh, had a defensive lapse because not even five minutes after that, uh, Mbom Wong was able to take a shot outside of the box, which you know he has a good f- foot. And someone on Twitter actually responded after I posted about, um, after I tweeted about that goal. And he said, you know, it was, um, I forget, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, he said just a, a blown assignment or um, what was it or, or not good scouting. And the, you don't have to be a genius to realize that, okay, this guy's got a good foot. I need to close in on him. Um, you know, just a defensive lapse. And that kind of let Olympiacos kind of back in it. But you knew, like, it was over. And I really liked the changes when Almeida made them. A little disappointed in Paulo Fernandez because I was really focused on watching him. I knew he, he was starting the match. And he just looked kind of lost. I don't know if it's because... He hasn't gotten that much game time. Uh, just didn't see a lot of good things from the pitch. <clears throat> in the pitch from him, and then on top of it, he. Um, uh, I even heard the announcer talk about how Eliason was warming up, and I said to myself, "I'm like, okay, he's going to put Eliason in, if not the beginning of the second half, it, you know." some point very early in the second half and that is what happened so i was a little disappointed to not see fernandez do better but again i you know 
Fernandez, not so much Van Weert, because I think Van Weert is kind of, um, not that he's lost favor with Almeida, but Almeida, I think, was pressured by the club to put this player on his roster. Maybe it doesn't fit the characteristics that Almeida is looking for, Almeida likes. Um, I would like to see him get more of opportunities, but I don't know why he doesn't play him. I know he's been injured lately. Uh, maybe with a full off season, both him and uh, Paulo Fernandez can can really show us. I do think Paulo Fernandez is a very valuable player. I think he's got some of that like Latin flair of football and can be a very uh, nice player to watch play. Uh, can give a lot of things to Ike if called upon and if he's found in form. Um, but anyway, but I like the way Almeida read the, this match. Is uh, you know, it, it was kind of weird. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what, Simonski or Johnson isn't in this match, I, you know. And then right when I was having that thought, he pulled Simonski and, and Johnson on and had them come on and to play, to have throw two defensive midfielders in the match. Uh, I feel like Bineda had one of his best games, uh, in Ike uniform in this cup match. Uh, very just his movement on the pitch. Uh, he was very unlucky not to score on, on one play, I know. Um, and then Steven Zuber had a magnificent goal. I mean, the the finish was clinical. A very tough angle to score and just put the ball away against Pascal Lackeys. Uh Very sad that that was not able to count. Um, but as I was saying, this was kind of this match kind of made me a little nervous. You know, and I'm, during the match, I was thinking, I was like, you know, if, if this goes... South and Almeida's going to hear it from the fans and he's going to hear it from me because you know what it means to beat Olympiacos. You know what this would mean if we were to do this choke job. Uh, if Olympiacos were able to come back and, and somehow get the victory and somehow advance to the cup final, I think it would really flip the season upside down for Ike. Um, and I get the whole modern day football thing of having two squads and playing a cup squad and that keeps players happy and I get that, but and 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 I know I don't want to demean any players because I think Ike has such good quality that I mean listen it was the cup team that went out and and got the first result against the back loss where but it put three goals in the back of the net and played phenomenal football in the first leg uh, really hope he doesn't stick to that as far as the final coming up because it's going to be a very difficult final against Balk and of course we. I, I said it before, this team has played such good football. This team that Almeida has just built in nine months, guys. I mean, to think where we were almost a year ago with this club and the, to see the result, the, the fruits that Almeida's labor has has bear, bared here is just phenomenal. And to be back in the cup final, I know it's a huge match, especially with the opponent that um, we're playing. They've beaten us in the last three cup finals that we've played them, and we... You know, this will be our, what, our fifth or sixth cup final in the last eight seasons. I mean, to only come away with one cup out of all that, uh, you know, we we want this cup. We want the double. That's what we really, really want. And it's a great opportunity for us to take this double. But first things first, uh, I, I was trying to say that I, I hope he just puts the best 11 that are available at that time. And another thing is... Everyone that was harping on us. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Everyone that was harping on um, on uh, 
Anastasiades. I mean, I, I didn't feel like Stankovic, I will say, plays better out the back. And you saw Ike play out the back a lot more than they do with Anastasiades. I think as far as the ball being passed back to Anastasiades, I think he can play out the back that way. But Stankovic, it feels more confident, more secure, has better uh, passing ability. I mean, the, the one play, on a, if you guys remember, those of you that watched the full match, where he was able to have that nice throw that almost set up Ike with Pineda. Um, it would have been, if he would have been able to break away from the last um, defender, <coughs> it was a brilliant way to to just put the team forward, uh, to be able to put the team in attack from the keeper. A brilliant skill, brilliant uh, field vision, what I'm trying to say by Stankovic, but definitely maybe not uh, the informed keeper. I don't see a problem with with uh, why Almeida has put so much faith in Anastasiades. I think overall right now, Anastasiades is the better keeper from what I saw. And, and this was just one match, of course. You know, Stankovic hasn't played all the time, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but definitely loved, again, I have to say, what I saw out of Zuber. Um, you can tell he's really finding his stride. He's really finding his form. He has scored some very, very key goals for Ike this season. I mean, I think someone counted, and, and he's given us basically nine points this season. And the way also him and Mandelos team up together when they play together, and maybe that's why that's why that's become that substitution that, that Almeida likes when he groups him and Mandelos together. I know Gatsinovich is starting to hear a lot, too. Guys, you have to give these players time coming off injury. I know he didn't look so out of form when he first came back from injury. Um, but he's starting to seem out of form. He's starting to seem like he's forcing a, a little bit. And I think similar to what's go what happened with Zuber, when he gets that first goal, when he gets that little bit of confidence back, I think it'll carry him on and we'll see a better, uh, better Gatsinovich. And as time goes on, as he is able to reclaim the form that he had pre-injury um he's gonna do good things for ike lastly here before i uh talk about basketball a little bit let's talk about the recent form of the main opponents by ike so in the league right now ike or ike and banathanecos are tied at 69 points apiece olibiacos are six points back at 63 and Balker nine points back at 60 uh very surprised very surprised and impressed with banathanecos I honestly thought that they were definitely going to drop points. Uh, if not in both matches, in one of those two matches, the game against Adi and the derby against Olympiacos, I expected them to drop points. More so, I would say, I I don't know. I just, I have this feeling that they were going to drop points. The fact that they were able to get all six points in these two matches, for some reason, they don't play the prettiest football but it's so hard to score on them, and they're they're right up here for a reason. Think what you want as far as the stuff that goes on in the in the back, in the in the the dark rooms in this league, you know per se. Um, but they're getting the results that they need, and they. I mean, listen, I watched most of the derby apatonion between the men Olympiacos and Olympiacos had nothing. I mean, Panathinaikos didn't play phenomenal, but they 
they just wanted it more and they were able to capitalize on Olivia mistakes. Uh, I was sitting there actually watching it. It was the, the Trinity of me, um, and I, uh, my brother, who's a Panathinaikos fan and our, a family friend of ours, who's an Olivia fan. We, uh, they were, we were all together last Sunday and we're like, Oh, let's, let's watch the match together. Uh, and my friend that's an Olivia fan was just completely shocked, completely just like, you know, wow, like, I did not expect them to come out the way that they did, as flat as they did. I honestly expected Olympiacos to go in Nil Fotos, and I saw this match, the way the teams had been playing before this, I saw it as a, as a tie. I saw it as a he. I, I, I am shocked that um, Panathinaikos were able to keep pace with Ike, or actually they're technically on, <clears throat> tied on... Uh, points they're technically ahead um but i was shocked that they weren't dropping points and equally i've heard from panathinaikos fans that they're shocked that we were able to especially the form that the team was showing before the balk match that we were able to pick up full points that entire week and, and keep pace with panathinaikos so coming up in the league really we play olibiakos um not this weekend next weekend the 23rd in Kareskaki again for, in the league match. Massive, massive match. We have another opportunity to really bury Olympiacos. I think it, it'll be hard for them to come back from this being six points down. Yes, it's just six points. But again, as we said, the playoffs can kind of flip-flop things around. If results go a certain way, teams that we thought were dead in the water could come back. Because all that needs to happen is Olympiacos get uh, beat Ike, and then if a result happens in the Saloniki, Panathinaikos lose in the Saloniki, Olympiacos are just uh, three points back instead of six. So that changes things. Um, so Ike really need to take advantage of bearing Olympiacos, getting a huge victory in Karaiskaki, and then taking advantage if Panathinaikos drops points in the Saloniki. I think this is going to be a... And someone hit the nail on the head on the radio the other day when they said this is going to be a championship defining weekend coming up big massive massive matches coming up in um in the super league playoffs i think uh i wouldn't say would decide the champion but it would decide whether olibiakos kind of stays in it um even though i think that Mathematically, they're not out of it. I just think with everything that's been going on and everything that's happened even today i heard uh Hamas Rodriguez is out at Olympiacos. Uh, I don't, I can't verify, but I, I also heard maybe Papastathopoulos or Gladys Papastathopoulos is on his way out. Um, don't know, but it seems to me too many changes there. Uh, you know, but you never know because they're a talented roster. But it's going to be an, an exciting weekend no matter what happens. Uh, obviously, we hope that Ike gets the victory and maybe Panathinaikos are able to drop points. And then it's it's a rough stretch for Ike. So we got um, Olympiacos and Karaskaki, Palk at home in Philadelphia. And then we finish out the following Sunday, a difficult stretch with um, Panathinaikos and Lofotos, which could be the derby of, of the year. Uh, and definitely the it could be the Athenian derby of the decade if everything goes right and we're still level on points or if there's just a point or two difference between the teams. It's still going to be a massive uh, derby for Ike and Panathinaikos, Ike definitely need the victory there to um, also 
claim the head-to-head against Panathinaikos because right now the way it is is the tiebreaker. Panathinaikos owns the tiebreaker, so it goes to first and foremost it's matches, uh, it's head-to-head matchups, and then it's um, uh, I forget the other tiebreaker that we're tied on goals in every match or goal difference. And um, then it goes to, which of course this is the Greek Super League, so this would be the tiebreaker. Whoever finished first in the league. That's why in most sites, if you look at where Panathinaikos and Ike are, Panathinaikos are ahead of Ike. And if things finish the way they do t- as of today, Panathinaikos would be champions. Um, so very exciting stuff coming up. Also, let's wish our got a happy birthday. 99 years, 99 years of Ike. Uh, a club that was started by Greek refugees from Asia Minor during the Turkish and during the Greco-Turkish War and the population exchange between the two countries. Uh, you know, I don't want to get... It's getting late for me to get into all the details, but happy birthday to Ike. 99 years next year, we'll be celebrating the 100th anniversary of this club. A historic day, April 19th, 1924. Very briefly before I let you guys go, let's get into Ike basketball. Uh, get a massive victory yesterday against Hapoel uh, Jerusalem. Uh, wow. Let me talk about the first match first because I actually saw the first match. I didn't get to watch yesterday's match. Uh, the first match, Ike played very well in a very hostile environment in Hapoel Jerusalem. Great fans there. Uh, and they're going to be even more crazier because of stuff that was uh happened in the the match in in Greece and Anolosha uh, for that uh deciding third game next Wednesday but I basically paid for the paid for the poor start in the first quarter I mean the first quarter Hopwell had a 20 point lead Ike scored 6 points in the first quarter and Hopwell was up 26 to 6. Basically, that's what uh, killed Ike, that terrible start. Yesterday, it seemed like every time I was getting an alert, Ike were ahead. They were ahead by 10 at halftime, and I think we ended up winning by uh, 17 or 18. Uh, great for Ike. Great atmosphere from the images that I saw in Anolosha. Sorry, guys. Um, but Ike have a deciding third game now, Wednesday. Game three, it's going to be very tough. Of course, winner take all. Winner goes to the Basketball Champions League Final Four, which, as I've said all year, is the big trophy and that I uh, could compete for as a basketball team. So I'm sure that's going to be put in the players' heads. They're going to go down there, and whatever happens, happens. We've seen I get great victories in basketball, so good luck to them. I'll be back next week, guys. Uh, may I'm sure that I'll probably do a, a little preview pod as we get closer to the Libacos match, so we can see who's going to be fit. Um, to talk about this uh, game three of the Basketball Champions League. Kalo Pascaseolos to those that celebrate. Have a happy Easter to all my Greeks out there. Kali Anastasi. Uh, have fun with your families. Um, happy birthday again to Aikara, this historic club that we love so much. 99 years of the yellow and black. Uh, trying to see if I have anything else I want to mention.
Have a great weekend, guys. Kalo Pasca, Kalian Lasa Seolos. Like I said, enjoy the time with your family, and I will talk to you guys later.